Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour one of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I serve as the host of this little Sunday chat show. I'm surrounded by my lovely doctrinaires. Tim Andrews is in the house. Hello. English Nick is in the house. Good day. Autumn Fisher is in the house. Hello. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, is in the house. What's up? My understanding is, at the end of the week... All hell broke loose. So let's just get to it. It's time for this. Headlines of the week. As loyal listeners of this show, and if you're not a loyal listener, well, I'm in a good mood. I don't want to call you names. As loyal listeners of this show know, I sleep all week long in a casket in my basement, and I emerge on Sundays to do this show. So I don't know what's happened in the news. So, Jared. Fill me in. Yeah, Eric, this has to be the story of the weekend. The FBI has reopened their case into Hillary Clinton's emails after, get this, they found new emails on former Democrat Congressman Anthony Weiner's computer that could implicate her. Now, it's this computer, a mobile device of some kind. My understanding is, I'm joking, I wasn't really in a casket that was just set up. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with the story, as the rest of the world is <laughs> by now. So, my understanding is, uh, four mobile devices, um, one's Anthony Weiner, uh, one's his wife, Huma Abedin. If you don't know, Huma Abedin is about as close to Hillary Clinton as a human being can be. She's never more than five to ten feet away, and she was married for a long, still married, trying to get a divorce at the time, from this guy, Anthony Weiner, who, if you don't know, he likes the, the sexting. And his he was in Congress, he had a good career going, and uh, they found out that he was sexting people. His, uh, his junk, as we call it, was all over the internet. He first denied it, then he was forced to say, yes, it was him. And then, so then he was knocked out of Congress. Then uh, later on, even with all this going on, he decided to run for mayor in the middle of New York. In the mayor, in the middle of that mayoral run for New York City, he was found to be sexting again, and that basically sank the thing. Then after that, he was found to be sexting again. This time with uh, perhaps an underage. Person, which is why the FBI was doing an investigation, and which is why Huma Abedin had filed for divorce. Now, in this unrelated investigation, unrelated to Hillary Clinton over Anthony Weiner and his sexting, the FBI director says, Well, now new evidence has come forward. We found things on these devices, which forces me to reopen. I don't know if those are his words, but essentially reopen the investigation of Hillary Clinton. And if you don't know, Three or four months ago, he stood up in front of the country and said, this thing is closed and she's scot-free. So, where do we begin? First of all, <laughs> Mr. Trump is very happy because you talk about an October surprise. This is a bombshell. Now, we don't quite know exactly what's inside the bombshell, and I don't know what that noise was. And I don't care. I'm going to continue on. I'm a pro. So, we don't know exactly what's inside the bombshell itself. But we know with, a, with this dropped, with 11 days to go in the election, and so at the very least, we can believe that this will not be wrapped up before the election. So at the very least, the FBI director has told the American people, 
if you elect this woman, there will be an ongoing FBI investigation of the next president of the United States after she's elected. And and you can't have that. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, something that voters are going to have to think about. And uh, I think that it's pretty obvious, the tracking polls, that it's not as if in the last few days before this story broke that Donald Trump was rising, but she was sinking slowly the weight of the drip drip of the WikiLeaks and the drip drip of the Project Veritas uh, videos and the drip drip of, <laughs> yes, Hillary, of the, uh, the Obamacare implosion. <laughs> yes. Yes, Hillary. Yes, Hillary. Ah, they're just rumors and rumors. <laughs> She's nasty. Yeah, she's... she's, Okay, one at a time. First of all, Donald Trump, since this was a gift given to you, I'll give you the floor. Christmas comes early, okay? Let me tell you this. We're going to drain the swamp. I don't care how much she drips. We're draining that swamp, but we're going to get to the bottom of this corruption. James Comey... Hang on a minute, Hillary. I know it's hard for you to keep your mouth shut. Listen, James Comey is the greatest FBI agent this country has ever had. You like him, though. I have always liked him, okay? I knew that he did a good job. Still want to know what happened on that plane between Loretta Lynn... It's the Loretta Lynch. Oh, yeah. Loretta Lynch. <laughs> Loretta Lynch is the queen of country. And Bill Clinton. She's the coal miner's daughter. I know who it is. <laughs> okay. And what is he rumors doing? We need rumors. Rum- what is behind a rumor? Usually a rumors kernel of truth. Sp- of <laughs> yes. very bad truth. And if you elect this woman, she is going to be indicted. You can't have a sitting president indicted, let alone impeached. Because look at Tim Kaine. Very low energy. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Hillary. Hold on a second. We will. We actually have... So, Hillary Clinton uh, gave a press conference. Kind of yes. weird. She did a couple. She did a couple of rallies where everybody in the crowd knew that this news had broken, and she didn't bring it up, which was really bizarre. But uh, later that day, she gave a press conference, and this is what she said: "I'd like to say a few words and then take your questions. I have now seen Director Comey's letter to Congress." We are 11 days out from perhaps the most important national election of our lifetimes. Voting is already underway in our country. So the American people deserve to get the full and complete facts immediately. True. The director himself has said he doesn't know whether the emails referenced in his letter are significant or not. I'm confident whatever they are will not change the conclusion reached in July. Therefore, it's imperative that the Bureau explain this issue in question, whatever it is, without any delay. Now, what's interesting is that's the same thing that Mike Pence said in a tweet. So you have both campaigns basically saying, don't keep us in suspense. Don't give us a cliffhanger as we go into the election. We want to know why you're reopening this investigation. And you've got to believe that the FBI director is seeing something. Now, on one hand, the Democrats are saying, you have no right to insert yourself with 11 days left in a campaign. There's, you know, okay, there's an argument there. The other side of that is, if he knew there was something real there, and the day after she's elected, he comes out with it, he's going to be accused of sitting on information before an election. Kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But we really won't know what to think until we really know what's inside those emails. Donald doesn't even know what's inside I those. don't know, but look, I'm very happy that it's involving sex, because that means CNN will talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Now, here's my speculation. My speculation is, because Huma Abedin, and by the way, 
Huma Abedin is not somebody that Hillary Clinton can throw under the bus. Huma Abedin knows where all the bodies are buried. Back off, conspiracy theorists. Theorist. <laughs> That's a term of art. I don't really mean bodies, but she knows everything that Hillary Clinton has done since the 90s. She is the fixer. She is the right-hand gal. It's her girl Friday. She's the Ray Donovan of the Clinton campaign. Thank you very much, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> now, here's, here's my speculation that maybe what may have happened is Uma Abedin sent some emails to her husband or forwarded something to her husband that had classified information inside there. Remember this. You can accidentally forward things to people that you're often emailing to. Yes, you can. We've all done it. I'm not trying to let her off the hook. What I'm saying is that doesn't matter. If they find classified information on a device that that guy had who had no clearance for it, not only that, on that guy's device with his record of what he does with his mobile devices and his laptops, beyond the sexting, he's somebody who is an absolute candidate for blackmail during these times, a guy running for mayor who is still sexting, who is possibly sexting with an underage girl. So now you may find classified information on a device held by a guy who is easily compromised when it comes to blackmail. That's pure speculation on my part, but I'm thinking it has to be something of that gravity. Because from the other camps you're hearing, no, we just want to look into it. I don't believe 11 days before the election you drop something like this in mm -hmm. there because a couple of mystery things have shown up. You have to believe there's at least a possibility that classified information was on the wrong device. And let me just throw this in. It shouldn't surprise anyone that in the most bizarre presidential election campaign in modern history, that it's going to end up with all of us talking about Anthony Weiner's device. Can you imagine too? I mean, imagine if you've early voted in this in this election too. Like I, I would be so upset. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Von Hessler doctrine. What do you come here for? Because I tell you what I think, and probably if you're smart, you'll think just like me. What's my doctrine on this? That I've thought this for a long time, and this is the perfect reason why. I do not believe in early voting. You've got an awful lot of people now who are voting weeks before an election cycle is over, and we know that things drop all the time. Everyone should have the same information about the candidates before they go to the polls, as many as possible. We know that we have people are going out of town or something. They're leaving the country. They have to absentee vote. Those sort of things have always been there. And, and, but for convenience of people... I don't believe in, in early voting, where you vote four weeks before an election when all you can find out all kinds of things about your candidate that you voted for that you don't like after you voted for that person. What I would say is take it off Tuesday and give it a weekend. You know, vote from Friday to Monday. I don't care. Four straight days. But everybody should be voting at the same time. And here's another thing. It's not that difficult to vote. Just show up around between, you know, either do it at 1030 or 
two thirty. So be right, f- right before lunch or right after lunch. Usually, you got a pretty good small line. Should be a federal holiday, like in a lot of countries, where well, you get the you, day off and you get a paid day and you go and you that vote. Make, that makes total sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense. But I think even I don't even mind just doing a whole weekend. Just yeah. give people forty eight hours. Give them seventy two hours. But everybody should be voting at the same time. You could have the weekend and then the Monday is a holiday. I don't care. Right on. You can give people seventy two hours, but everyone should be walking in with the same information about the candidates. It's ridiculous to do this thing. And by the way, it was never hard to vote in this country. We didn't need this convenience. And people are supposedly early voting on convenience, and I see lines four blocks long. <laughs> Donald Trump, how, how is that convenient? Where I go to vote, I go at 10.30 or 2.30, and I'm there for about 25 minutes. I get my vote done. Yes. Does that music mean that I have to go to a break? Well, it's an exciting, exciting week of news. And we'll talk more about it when we return. Eric Von Hessler, Entertaining Honesty on WSB. Welcome back to the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are here. English Nick is here. He's got a cowbell. Can you, I don't know why, but he does. He has a cowbell. And there you go. I'm feeling it. Getting ready to be uh, hey, any- Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Live as the cowbell guy. For this Halloween. is your Halloween thing. Yeah, way to go, way to go. Yes, uh, Autumn. Any you- any time that a joke is made, he should just bang that cowbell so everyone knows when to laugh. Uh, I haven't got a stick, so my hand will get sore. Yes, there's a lot of jokes on uh, this show. There's a whole lot of funny here. There's <laughs> yeah. a whole lot of serious and a whole lot of analysis, but there's also a whole lot of funny. <laughs> Mississippi <hilarious>. Queen. <laughs> I was gonna go. You want the key to my heart? Uh, oh, yeah. You better start from the start. <laughs> you want to be in the start? show? Come on, baby, let's go. Radio. Man, that's some deep writing. That is some good stuff. And uh, the lead singer of Lover Boy is about 400 pounds now. Saw him in some sort of commercial or something. And, is he a hacker? Uh, <laughs> I think he's the guy. Yeah, in the basement doing who, uh, all the WikiLeaks. Did the WikiLeaks, exactly, Donald Trump. So before we left, obviously, we're talking about the op- reopening of the FBI investigation. And I would say, hey, this could really be a game changer. I don't know if it's going to be. Uh, what happened when I, before this dropped, uh, she was sinking. He wasn't rising, but she was sinking, man. It was starting to all these stories. And then with the Obamacare implosion right in the middle of it, you know, a lot of people say, well, only seven million, four to seven million people are affected by the new Obamacare rates. But one of those states is Florida. And although most people in Florida aren't affected by it, now they're seeing it on their local news. Now they're hearing about it on it's local also, radio. I mean, so they're being exposed to what's happening to other Floridians. And that's happening in other swing states as well. So she was starting to, my feel of the race was, wasn't that he was surging. But she has been starting to feel this slow weight of the WikiLeaks and the Project Veritas and the implosion of the Obamacare. And she's still laughing her head off. <laughs> Everything seems to be fine. <laughs> this is- you, you really don't think that I'm going to be the first female president of the United States? If you would have asked. If you would have asked me last week, and the last week, I'd be much more sure that you were. It's oh, still difficult so funny. for him to it's get just there. It's so funny. Donald, uh, uh, I can't uh, believe it. Hillary Clinton is somebody going into this weekend who is sitting on a lead in the fourth quarter. And the question was, was she going to be able to hold that lead? No. This uh, reopening of the investigation, that's a pick six for Donald Trump in the fourth Bring quarter. Bring it on. And, Bring uh, it on. <laughs> and I'm going for two. I'm ready. I'm All right, ready. WTF, 
Shut up. WTF will return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, look for an in-depth look at the Opportunity School District vote and the issue dividing schools and communities. I'm for it. Many people are against it. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. You can read the story and you can decide. Welcome back to the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. You know, I know that the uh, reopening of the FBI case on Hillary Clinton is the biggest story in the world. But before that happened, uh, something was brewing in the the week. Maybe it came from last week. I, I find hilarious, which is that two old men, two 70-year-olds or thereabouts, have challenged one another to a fight. I don't know if you've followed this. I have not wanted to get into, if you notice in the national press, talking about Trump's behavior, his personal behavior. But what he said he did and does is a textbook definition of sexual assault. And think, no, no, think about this. But it's more than that. He said, because I'm famous, because I'm a star, because I'm a billionaire, I can do things (laughs) other people can't. They sound like he's a preacher. That wasn't the the good part. Here comes the good part. No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. I'll tell you why he wants to take me back there. He wants to touch me. That guy is the creepiest fella ever in the whole office in Washington. So then, I really enjoyed that lady in the crowd. Like, oh yeah. So then Trump responded. Did you see where Biden wants to take me to the back of the barn? Me. He wants it. I'd love that. I'd love that. Mr. Tough Guy. You know, he's Mr. Tough Guy. So, yeah. He's a midget from Delaware. I'll fight him. Bring so, it on. This kid, before the whole FBI thing, this race had gotten so bizarre that you had two guys, 70 years of age or thereabouts, who have challenged one another to a big fight, which uh, would be... Put your dukes up, Biden. I'll take you any time of day. <laughs> Yeah, what school are they talking about? The school of hard knocks. I'm telling you right now, I'll go for a take him for a loop. I like the fact that he said he wanted to take him behind the gym, and then Trump said, "Heard that is the barn, barn shed, gym, whatever." You're gonna whoop his. I'll whoop him. (laughs) All these conflicts this week between that and the the Newt Gingrich, Megyn Kelly thing. Everyone's just yelling at each other. I want to get into that one. We'll do that in more headlines. But right now, it's time for this. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. That's her. That's Autumn Fisher. But before before we go over there, can I just also Anthony Weiner? Have you looked at him? He looks like one. Anyway, Autumn, go ahead go ahead, and uh, give us our WTF stories. Well, it doesn't seem like that far of a leap that uh, mixing alcohol and energy drinks is bad for you, but it says that it has the same effect on the brain as taking cocaine. 
Oh, you know, I read a story about this, and so it's mostly Red Bull and vodka, right? That's the big drink uh, for people, but yes. it, it doesn't matter. It could be anything, Monster Energy and vodka, Monster. I suppose. I've never had this drink. I know it's a big deal. Jared Yamamoto. When you need that extra kick after when you need that extra kick after one o'clock in the morning, yeah, it's not a bad drink. Okay, but now this thing, this article that I read said, okay, they've they've done the studies. It does the same thing to your brain that cocaine does. And this article that I read, the whole thing was about how. So we're letting you know to stop doing this because this is awful. <laughs> because nobody does cocaine. I, I love the idea that this was such a cautionary article, and I knew that. 90% of the young people who read this article were thinking, I can do cocaine without going to jail, was basically the way... I mean, young kids don't take cautionary tales. They're young, and look at Jared. He thinks he's going to live forever. He looks at me with my gray hair, and he thinks, this will never happen to me. <laughs> but the truth is, the only way that's true is if he died before it did, which yeah. we wouldn't want that to happen. But the, when I was young, I used to think of old people as another race of people. So the idea that you had to worry about your health in any way in your 20s is foreign. So uh, it's kind of interesting to me that this is all cautionary, cautionary. Stop drinking the Red Bull and vodka. It's just like cocaine. And I know what? most people are going, it's a lot cheaper than cocaine and you don't go to jail. That's true, but also, I mean, I've had Red Bull and, and vodka, and it's not, and I haven't done cocaine. However, I'm going to imagine, like, if, you, if you're if you drinking, like, three Red Bulls and vodka, you're not going to be like, come on, let's go, what are we doing? We've got to get more of this, we've got to get more, 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 you know what I mean? Like, but I you're mean, drunk. Be- you're drunk if you're drinking Red Bull and vodka. You're drunk. If you yeah. if you're really falling out, I mean, a, a vodka a vodka and Red Bull will definitely bring you back to life. If you're ready for round two out in the town, I mean, it will yeah. definitely yeah, bring you, you back. Yeah, so you know what else could work too is if you boot and then rally, right? You boot just could throw it up and boot yep. and rally. I like yeah. that. I like that. I used to work with those guys back in uh, back <laughs> in know, Hartford, I think, in Hartford Radio back in the early nineties. Boot and rally. Let me hold on. Boot and rally. One of the best morning shows. Ms. <laughs> Rally was the stunt guy. Rally would hey, go it's out, Rally. Rally would go out on the streets. Oh, yeah. would, let me tell you something about Rally. Yeah. would eat anything. Oh, yeah. But Boot, kind of a pain. Yeah. Kind of a pain. A little too intense. But little... Boot and Rally, I don't know where they are now, but uh, you were going to say English Nick. I know, a lot, I know a lot of younger people who just drink Red Bull at late at night. That's all they drink. There's no alcohol yeah. in it. They're just drinking it from the can. Can I tell you something as an old whiskered dude who's mm-hmm. 52? Not that old, but I mean, it's the oldest I've ever been. You are rocking a new look over there. It's the oldest I've ever been, right? So, to me, it's about as old as you can get. uh, As I can't have more than one Red Bull a year without it doing something just wildly strange to my body that I don't want to happen. There was a time... That's why you have to keep drinking them so that your body gets used to it. Oh, is that that, the key? Have that blueberry one. Mm -mm -mm. Blueberry Red Bull. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a new one too in the, in the yellow can. I can't, was that like a. Oh, that's tropical. Uh, tropical. That's a good, that's a good one. So yes, that's it tropical is. death bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can't be good for your body. I know tropical when you're garbage. young. I know when you're younger, you can, you can get that heart, you know. But to me, it's not a pleasant thing. I don't want my heart racing a mile a minute. Oh, my, my heart's fluttering. It feels so awesome. <laughs> now I can go back to work in my little cubicle. Yeah, no, exactly. go, you know, to me, it's like you're sitting there at home going, should I go to the emergency room or will I just be embarrassed? Is this just another panic attack or is this the real thing? This is my life now. Is this the real thing or am I going to be embarrassed if I go to the emergency room? You ever go to the, anybody here ever go to the emergency room for a panic attack? Yes. Uh, Tim, English Nick, no, Jared. You never really, in my 20s, I had a couple. Uh, it's After it's over, and you go back home, 
you realize, and this is what I would tell people, if you think you're having a heart attack, you don't know, and you think it might be a panic attack, just go to the emergency room and walk up to the person at the desk, and if they say, okay, here's the number, sit down, just leave, because they've seen people who are dying before. And, makes know, sense. Like if you, if you don't realize that by that time you got to the hospital, your face would be purple if you were dying. Yeah, so they're not, they're not yeah, dragging no you one, across the counter. You know you're getting. Yeah, they're not shape. getting you in there right away. Yeah. Then you're just the seventeenth person with a panic attack. They're, they've seen that. No night. one. What? No one who's dying walks up to a counter and says, "I think I'm dying." <laughs> no, <laughs> quite possibly true. I was in a movie by myself uh, in the '90s, late '90s, and my arm fell asleep, and I thought I was having a stroke. Yeah. So I drove to the oh. hospital. And I said, "I think I'm having a stroke." She goes, "Did you drive here?" And I said, "Yes," because you're not having. A yeah, stroke. you're not having a stroke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had these panic attacks when I was in my 20s, and which is really kind of ridiculous because, you know, with very rare exceptions. Human beings don't have heart attacks in their 20s. Right. So it's really, really would be a rare exception. But anyways, I'm getting off on my own thing. Panic attacks, Von Hester Doctrine, we're here to teach. Walk into the emergency room. If they tell you to take a seat, just leave. You're not dying. Uh, next story. <laughs> I want to stay on uh, hot beverage news. Oh, really? Uh, Me too. Juice. Hold on a yep. second. Hold on a second. Yeah. Do I love... Yeah. And when you say hot beverage, you're not talking about the temperature. You're saying beverages oh, no. that are hot, meaning they're flying off the shelf. Yeah, they're flying off the shelves like pancakes. <laughs> yeah, people love beverages. <laughs> yes, they do. What would we do without You know, at a restaurant, they give you water, and then they offer you something else. You can't... As far as they're concerned, you can't drink enough. Anyway, That's go right. ahead. One more water. Orange juice is being called a massive scam, and less people are dr- <laughs> yeah, less people are drinking orange juice now, right? The millennials don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, as it's always been, you know, in the it's uh, loaded the with cereal sugar. commercial with the toast and the yeah and the fruit and the little glass of milk and then the glass yeah. of orange juice. When really, it's not part of a complete. It's breakfast. part. Of, it's it's, a, it's a basically about the same as buying uh, eating a bag of M and M's. Okay, but here's the thing. Do we have to upend the whole world all the time? This reminds me of a story a few weeks ago where they said, uh, we can't prove that flossing your teeth actually helps anything. <laughs> and I'm thinking, still good floss night. your teeth. Because isn't what about just hygiene? Like, isn't it a good idea to remove uh, the 48-hour meat from between your teeth? Isn't that just a good idea? You think Who nope, cares? it makes no difference. And nope, what about orange juice? Tasting delicious. Do we eat or drink anything anymore based on the fact that it brings joy and it's delicious? I don't I think, think what you're supposed to do instead is to actually eat an actual orange because at least that has like a fibrous quality to it that can help your digestion. Well, what about orange juice with pulp? Isn't that the same thing? No. Come ah, on. Garbage no. Pulp. You, you know that's just wood shavings. There's no difference. There's no. <laughs> it's the biggest scam, Eric. Did you hear the, pl- the headline? Is this, is this the conspiracy Carol doesn't believe that this is the real pulp of the orange juice. The stuff that's left of over. Of course it's not. That's a joke. That's a, you think that's real pulp? That makes me laugh. You think that's pulp? You know what that really is? It's wood just shavings. a conspiracy to make. It's just wood shavings. That's what I and heard. you know where they get those wood shavings? From a secret underground wood carving shop <laughs> that makes all of the wooden toys that they the kids for Halloween Wait, and for, and for Christmas. That's, and then just... the... They, you know kids put toys in their mouths and then you know what happens it seeps into their brains and then they're more easily controlled by the government okay conspiracy carol you're freaking us out so yes you were saying i was saying that the stuff left in the orange after you squeeze it is the stuff you're supposed to eat the pulp yeah so should i do the juicer no just should i get jack lane's juicer 
eat the orb. Should I get Jacqueline's Go juicer? Go out and get Jacqueline's juicer. Because he's dead, and I want to know <laughs> if his juicer still works after he's gone. No, it's not like the head vampire. When he dies, things still work that he creates. Jared, Jared is a millennial, and that means anything that happened before he was born doesn't matter, so he doesn't know who Jacqueline no is. No idea. Even though he lived but I have a solution to your problem. 150, yes. Solution, just get 100% cranberry juice. That is like the best detox that there is out there, especially after a night of drinking. Yeah. And it's and, good for you. There's and, nothing proven out there. It yet. helps you build. It helps you beat a drug test, right? Well, I, right, what, I wouldn't know about that now. Oh, no salvifications hey, there. Come on, you weren't flying the planes. More WTF <laughs> when we return. <laughs> Welcome back, the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. We're in the middle of a segment called WTF. Autumn Fisher is feeding us the WTF stories. Give us our next story, Autumn Fisher. Yeah, a lady from, uh, I think she was from Stockbridge, said that she had kidney stones, so she went to the hospital to get it taken care of. Turns out she was pregnant. How many weeks, how many months pregnant was she? Was she <laughs> I mean, how many? Was she was 38 weeks pregnant, which she, is 40 is, you know, out of 40. 38 out of 40. 30, so she was right there. And she thought it was yeah, kidney was stones. <laughs> you say she thought it was kidney stones. I thought it was kidney stones, but it turns out I've had two kids, not even though. So this was. Th- How would you I, not? It was the weirdest thing. I just felt a lot of pressure, you know. I, I was real hungry all the time, and I thought I was just premenopausal. Turns out it was a baby. So. So, uh, this woman has had children before, so she would know. Oh, yeah, I got two kids, 11 and 16, if you can believe it. Look at me. Look at (laughs) that. I find this. Now, I've never been pregnant, and although things are changing in our society, I don't think I'm ever going to have an opportunity to be pregnant. So, I can't speak from knowledge, but I've been around a lot of pregnant women in my lifetime, and it just seems to me like you know. Was she. I didn't know. It's the weirdest thing. Thought of kidney stones. Large kidney stones, I would think. <laughs> you know. Thought, well, you know, there's a lot of moving around in there. I just thought, man, this kidney stone really like to kick inside <laughs> me. And I was like, well, kidney stone. I don't know. The kidney stone was sentient. <laughs> they were kicking See, that's stones. That's what we thought, too. Yeah. That's what we thought. We didn't know. So, you, so you're her husband. You know, I did say, you know, he, my husband did say, I was pretty moody. But I said, you know, maybe he's just pre-menopause. I don't know. You know, I'm getting a bit older. You mm-hmm. know. We thought, was, you know, we thought yeah, she was, was going through the, symptoms. the change. You thought she was going through the change. Yeah. The change. Yeah. Quarters and dimes and such. We didn't know that she was going to have another well, kid. Well, we were going through change for a while because our, our washer and dryer stops on the fritz. Don't need to know. We're having to go to the laundromat. Don't need to know. So uh, the baby's been born and everybody's happy, right? Baby's born. And you're, you're very it happy. It turns out, Eric, you know what? It wasn't a kidney stone. Uh, apparently, it, it wasn't. was a baby. It was a kid, not a kidney stone. <laughs> Baby's got kidney stones. If you want to know the truth, it's freaky. <laughs> well, congratulations to both of you. Oh, thank you very thank you. much. For this unexpected gift. <laughs> More headlines. When we get back, News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB, Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. 
I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. You got your English Nick. You got your Tim Andrews. You got your Autumn Fisher. And also, Jared Yamamoto. I want to point out, this is hour two. There are only two hours this week. So let's fill it up real good, Jared Yamamoto. It's time for this. More headlines. I don't know what that voice was I just did, and I apologize for it. Jared Yamamoto. (laughs) Donald Trump called for a new deal for black America as he works to bridge the gap he faces with, uh, they're calling it the crucial voting block less than two weeks away from Election Day. So that's actually decent news, despite all the So many people, so many people. I mean, you walk to the store to buy a loaf of bread, maybe with your child, and you get shot. Your child gets shot. Got to stop it. No good. Yeah, that's kind of so a, many people, so many yeah. people. I mean, you ride in your car, you you ride in your limo with maybe your butler to get a case of Dom Perignon, you get shot. <laughs> very <laughs> bad, very so bad. It's very dangerous out very there. Very dangerous out there to people just showing up and shooting everybody willingly. You know what I find interesting is uh, there's an awful lot of backlash to Donald Trump because supposedly, like he just did there, you know, you go to the store, you get shot, and supposedly... He, that's like, is that the way he thinks all black people live? Which, by the way, he's not saying that. He's talking about the inner cities. But what I find interesting is it's okay for Colin Kaepernick to say everything is bleak for uh, African Americans, and that's a cause, and that's a thing, and we got to listen and learn and teachable moments. But when Donald Trump says things are bleak, they're, they're awful. Terrible. <laughs> okay. We're going to call it the war on the war on poverty. But what's different about then Colin Kaepernick who says things are so bad for the black community, I can't even stand for the national anthem. That's seen as a great thing. And don't give me the white black thing because they're both inside of Colin Kaepernick because well, he's half white. People say that Trump can't relate because he's not part of the black community, right? I mean, I know a lot of black people. But he's so he's criticized mm-hmm. if he doesn't talk about it, though. That's, that's it, what I'm it, saying. It's, it's kind of a no he does, Damned if he doesn't. Now, he's cartoonish and he's rather goofy <laughs> and you can make fun of him. But I don't get the 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 criticism that does he think all black people live like? Well, does Colin Kaepernick think that uh, everybody is in dire straits except for himself? So many people. So many people just want to have a black party and listen to hip hop music, <laughs> and they're getting shot, and we have to stop it. And you're going to be their president. I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying, "What do you have to lose? What do you I, have to lose?" I think that he makes a good point actually when he says these Democrats they come in for your vote, they promise you all kinds of stuff. Four years goes by, things get worse, they come back and ask for your vote. And it's all based on, as bad as things are now, if you let them in charge, it's going to get worse. It's never, if you vote for us, it'll get better. It's don't vote for them, because it will get worse. And Donald Trump is absolutely correct. And because he's somewhat cartoonish in the way that he expresses himself, it allows analysts at CNN to never dig in And actually analyze what he's saying. Because the inner city population, black, white, Hispanic, everything else, has been giving their votes to the Democrats for years and years and cycles upon cycles and cycles. And it just gets worse. You know what the inner city needs? Capitalism. You go to uh, most major cities, and you can go in concentric circles. And you go with the inner city with the first circle, and... The economy is the worst there for most people, for more people. You go one circle out, the city, but not the inner city. Well, things are getting a little better. Take another concentric step out to the suburbs. Things are looking pretty damn good. What's the difference between the last concentric circle and the first concentric circle? There's a whole lot of capitalism here, (laughs) and there's very little capitalism there. And at least Donald Trump is talking about, yes, excuse me? 
Yes? I'm just, like, confused. Hold on one second. Because, like, tight circles. Hold on. This is uh, our friend, Melanie, the millennial blogger. Yes. Hey, guys. It's me, Melanie. So I'm just, like, I just want to stop you because I'm pretty sure nobody following that. Because, like, circles, (laughs) inner inner circle, concentric circles. My my basic thrust there is that my basic idea there is that anywhere in this country where there's more capitalism... There's more happy people, more safe people, and more successful people. That's my point. And I don't think but like, can you I don't prove think it affects that. It's just like you can't even like prove it. Well, yeah, I just made a point. You would you would have to come back and disprove it. I think it's pretty proven that in major cities the inner inner city is usually the least economically uh, booming part of the region or the local area in most big that's cities. That's just like really racist. Is that's it? just like so racist. For so you it's racist say. to say I think capitalism will help black people succeed. Yeah. Melanie? That's just like because you're a white person talking about black people and that's just not okay. Aren't you white? That's like triggering a ton of people right now. So but you're, like, I don't even know what we're doing. But here. you're white and you're talking about black people. I was going to say that you're totally like need to check your privilege. <laughs> Melanie's right. And I don't like all this uh, aggression towards her. There's lots of microaggressions in what you're saying and what she's saying is very important. All I'm saying is that where you find more capitalism in I, America, you find more happy, successful people. I have decided that I'm going to go and I am going to open a holistic vegan sandwich place <laughs> down off a of boulevard here in Atlanta. I know Fuck. that that's what oh that's what that sounds amazing. I know that is what they they need. Uh, they need healthy foods, and if we can make a sustainable fork farm, yeah, like farm to kale. fork place, yeah, let's bring them some kale. Yeah, we'll put it right next you know to what the they're Popeyes. Missing is kale. Well, this is obviously our ideas for what will improve the community are are very different. I'm going to stick with capitalism as something that actually helps people. And also, More kale, less old white dudes. I know, and I think that they need a lot. They need a cold brew coffee place and a place where you can bring growlers to get beer. You are crunchy and granola. Yeah, and like artisan mustard shops. Yeah. <laughs> we do so. need more. We can all agree we do need more artisan mustard shops. Just everywhere, I think it's important. I was just looking for one yesterday. Uh, I, I only had five varieties of mustard <laughs> to choose from, and I felt oppressed. All I'm saying when we get out of this is that I believe that capitalism, what, what helps the people in the suburbs, and what help, would, I think capitalism helps everybody, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, identifying as a male or female or tree or stump or whatever you identify as, as capitalism helps more people. It brings more people from where they were to where they are than any other system in the history of the world. And if you don't think I'm correct, you're wrong and probably stupid. Next story. We'll stick with the election here where singer Sheryl Crow has started a change.org petition to shorten American elections. Wait a minute. Is she still alive? She is. Sheryl Crow? The last I heard, she was trying to get us to stop using toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah, she wanted us to use less toilet paper. Uh, The reason I ask if she's still alive is because uh, she got famous the first time that she got famous. I think she was already like 36 or 37. Mm -hmm. I think she's older than you think that she is. I may be wrong. Dated Eric Clapton for a minute. Yeah, I am wrong about a lot of things, so there's a possibility I'm wrong. She was older when she got famous. Yeah, because she was a songwriter for a lot of people for years, right? So now, what she wants to do, what's her idea now? What's her petition? uh, By the way, change.org. Even if you believe in something, 
do not put your name on any of those things because then you get emails for every petition that comes down the line for the next two years. It's terrible. I signed a couple, and uh, I can't get them out of my email box. Anyway, so the, the petition says what? So it calls on the Democratic and Republican National Committees to shorten the primary schedule and to, quote, drastically reduce the amount of time we are exposed to presidential campaigns, end quote, with a whine. Because she's annoyed? Yeah, basically. How would, how would this work out? Are you, you going to pass a law that says no one can give a speech <laughs> saying they want to be president before X date? How would how are you? Gonna, she would police you. Cheryl Crow will yeah, show up. Yeah, she would, and she will put you in jail for giving a speech telling people somewhere that you want to be president of the United States. Nobody can govern that. You can decide. Someone can decide to start running for president on November 9th if they want to, and run for four straight years. That's pretty much what Jimmy Carter did. Jimmy Carter changed things basically by going and living in Iowa for over two years, and. That's how he came out of nowhere. How I like it here. <laughs> but I mean, that's what he wanted. That was his plan. You can't tell people that they can't run for an office until a certain date, or they can't give speeches. You can't tell CNN and Fox News not to cover the speeches. It's ridiculous. It goes it's back a long to old process, though, in the, in this country. Well, you're from England. They do it in six, six weeks. weeks. They tidy yeah. it up. You know what? Being Prime Minister of England is difficult, but not as difficult as being President of the United States. You know what? I like the fact that you have to go, th and you really kind of have to show people, you know, Donald Trump talks about energy, but you have to show the American people that you're kind of made of steel mm -hmm. to get there, and it's a job that you have to be made of steel to get through. And it goes back to your capitalism argument, too. If there weren't all these eyeballs watching TVs or ears listening yeah. to radios, then people would not talk about it. They would go where the need is, and the reality is is that CNN, Fox, MSNBC, WSB, you You're name just like it. Sheryl Crow. You're blaming it on them. No, I'm not blaming it. I'm saying How that, you that there is... How do you pass a law that says Eric Von Hessler can't start running for president on November 9th, 2016? There's just the record eyeballs. I mean, we're just catering to make sure that, that the, the need is filled because people want to hear about the presidential right. race and they start right. earlier and earlier. So I don't know how you would regulate it. I don't like the whole thing in England where it's like six weeks because you don't really know the guy. Although it's different over there because well, you have shadow governments, basically. You have a government in waiting over there at all times. Yeah, they're parliamentary system. So they're politicians you, you know. You yeah, kind yeah, of know yeah. these yeah. people anyway. So. And imagine Donald Trump in the first six weeks versus like these weeks now. He's yeah. a completely different person. Isn't it true that uh, you, nobody actually votes for prime minister in England? You vote for your local person. You vote for your, yes. And if that local person happens to be the one that the party has seats. said would be the prime minister. They get seats. But nobody yeah. actually votes for prime so. minister. You vote for your people, and if you get more seats than the other side, then the person that we said would be prime minister if we got more seats. Yes. So the only way you actually vote for prime minister is if that person is actually your house member. Mm-hmm. Is that the right term? I, I House member? So, yeah, yeah. We believe so. MP. You're from England. Are you lying to no, us? No, it's been 20 years since I did anything there. Your own member of parliament. Your MP. 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 There you go. Lord has a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Order! They, they just go to work and fall asleep in the back row anyway. That's what they do. Yeah, but they're funny you and they're see. drunk. Yeah. I, I kind of like their system a little <laughs> bit in that. They're very funny. I like the prime minister's questions. I'd love to see the president of the United States have to go stand in front of Congress and answer questions, except... We don't have the tradition of wit that no. the English do, so it would just be grandstanding all the time. There's some grandstanding for Prime Minister's questions as well, but there's also this sort of long-standing idea of cracking each other up and telling jokes. It's like a bar room. <laughs>
Yeah, it's a brawl with yeah. words, basically. Yeah, yeah, with us, we have these boring politicians just go on and on. They just play games with each other, too, the entire time. Well, if you give me this, and it's some outrageous amount of compromise, and the yeah. other side's like, well, we'll give you this, and it's just they, they cannot meet in the middle anywhere. Hey, Mr. Millennial, pat, pat, pat on the top of the head. That's the way the world's always been. Relax. I'd like to cede time to my honorable co-chairman of the House <laughs> Subcommittee. Uh you have two minutes, Senator. <laughs> Thank that's you our much. system. I'd like to address Mr. and Mrs. Jeff Johnson of Nova Farms. Yeah, that's our system. Yeah. That's <sighs> our system. Nobody and in there. I used to watch uh, Prime Minister's questions on C-SPAN, and I stopped. I, I should go back because it's usually quite fun. My it, father-in-law is, was English. He's rest his soul. And he was one of those guys that would have been... In Parliament and would have been very funny. I love the way that you have to sit down when you're done talking. So if somebody yeah. talks for ten seconds, they sit down again. The other person stands up, like bum 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 bum. Whack them all. Yeah. All right. I believe we have more headlines. Would be more more headlines when we return. Don't worry, we're coming back. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Why are we playing that football music? Because it's time for Ginsburg's game day picks. What's the background here? You remember a few weeks ago, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg commented on Colin Kaepernick and uh, his refusal to stand. Can I arrest them for doing it? No. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Uh. So she called him dumb and disrespectful, this Colin Kaepernick for refusing to stand for the National Anthem. And then we found out that uh, our good friend Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is actually quite the football fan. So since then, every Sunday, right after the games get going, I don't know why we do it that way, but right after the games get going, we have Ginsburg's game day picks. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, welcome to the show. That's because I'm out tailgating before I come in here. (laughs) Kind of selfish, if you ask me, but we accommodate you. Speaking of dumb... The Patriots are traveling to Buffalo to continue the steamrolling of the NFL. Yes. Sorry, Eric. Patriots will roll 35-18. to 18. Do you agree with me that uh, Tom Brady has a chip on his shoulder? A big one. This is a revenge tour, and what he wants to make happen is that Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, is going to be forced to hand him the Super Bowl trophy at the end of the year after he was made to sit for four games. Schadenfreude. I That's what he's looking what for. And I, I'm wondering. I want my Bills to win, and I'm rooting for my Bills. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that no one is going to beat the Patriots no. this year. Steamroller. Okay. <laughs> uh, Seattle will break their tie streak <laughs> with a solid loss to the Saints, 38-17. They, <laughs> wow. Whoa, wait. Ginsburg. What? You believe that New Orleans <laughs> Saints are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely. But they have no defense. Doesn't matter. You just think that... And, and what's his face? What's his name's coming back to New Orleans for the first time? Graham. Oh, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham. So won't he have something to prove to his old team? He'll get hurt in the first quarter. Okay, and so you're just not, you just don't think there's any way. Right. The Packers visit Atlanta where the Falcons are certain to rebound. Look for Devontae Freeman to run for 200 yards and our team, our boys, to win 34-27. <laughs> you're a Falcons fan. Love the fa- I'm here every weekend. Ruth <laughs> so you were tailgating at the bird's nest. Absolutely. I just... Mm. I forgot that there was a tie last... Johnsonville Bratz. I forgot that there was a tie in the NFL. Was there a what tie? What a snoozer. Was six that? to six. Yeah, that was, I actually watched that game. Between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. There should be no ties. It's 2016. I don't know what that means. Ruth Bader Ginsburg with your Ginsburg's game day picks. 
wonderful as usual. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're still alive mm-hmm. next Sunday, come here. on back. Do it again. Sure. Tailgate's on me. Away. Outrage Corner with English Nick when we get back. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, and I believe it is, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC into this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You'll get a story that gets a look at the Opportunity School District vote, and you need to know about this before you walk in and vote. The issue divides schools and communities, and you find out all about it. That's why we say if it's Sunday... It's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back to the Von Hessler Doctrine. That's me. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Some people have opinions. He's got a doctrine. Blah, 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 blah. It's time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. Here's the deal. My understanding of this phenomenon known as English Nick. Yeah. His first name is Nick. Correct. And he was not born in America. Absolutely correct. There it is. Give us our outrages of the week. Spent 28 years of my life in that country. Really? Chasing sheep most of the time. Are you glad mm-hmm. you're not there anymore? Uh, you ever miss it? You're getting a little older. I miss the family. Yeah, of course. Don't necessarily you miss... you stay here and let all your friends and family die over there? Well, you gonna... cold-hearted... Uh, this is why the English <laughs> stiff up her lip, I guess. They don't care about their, their friends and their family, I suppose. Okay, that's fine. It's fine with me. You're here, and I like that. You're part of the doctrinaires. I love it. So I'm with you. To hell with them. What are the outrages? The outrages are, well, we had one October surprise, didn't we, on Friday? It was yeah. Miss Clinton and more emails. I actually had an October surprise on Thursday that I cannot talk about. Really? <laughs> but it's taken care of. A medical thing? No, laundry took care of it. I wouldn't oh. say it was medical. It was more of a surprise. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so the biggest shocker is that middle-income Americans will take the biggest hit with Obamacare because prices are going up. Premiums what a shocker! Going up by 69% It's exactly Oklahoma. what everybody who was against Obamacare so many years ago uh, was saying would happen. Not only were they saying it would happen, they were saying it would happen about now. And yet another present for Trump, too. Another present? Yeah, exactly. The drip, drip, drip on Hillary. I've said this I said this earlier in the show. I don't think Trump is surging, but the drip, drip, drip of the WikiLeaks, Project Veritas, now the reopening of the FBI investigation, and the implosion of Obamacare happening to people because they are now finding out how much it's going to cost for 2017. Remember, there's law involved here, LAW, like you get in trouble if you don't do it. And not only are these uh, these uh, prices going up, the deductibles are not going down. So if you hear these stories about people who have to pay twice as much, three times as much, four times as much, that deductible that was already high before then stays there. Crazy. So you're paying a lot for... Uh, now, they'll say that... Um, a lot of people will get subsidies, and that's true in the end. But they're still getting the sticker shock now. And the subsidies is either going to come out of your pocket or my pocket or borrowed from the future on top of the already $20 trillion debt. Yes. No, no, no. Wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, Obama. wait. No, no, no. Wait. The uh, man with a plan. We, 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 uh, we, we talked to a lot of Americans out there. Yeah. Uh, when we put together Obamacare, and everybody, was, it was almost a consensus. <laughs> Uh, millions of people wanted uh, lots and lots of forms that they don't really know how to read. They want those, and they mm-hmm. want to fill them out. They want uh, real high deductibles that yeah. are almost uh, 10% of your salary. Yeah. 
and impossible to pay or meet, and they want to pay a and they want to pay a lot more for uh, commercial drugs, and that's 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 what we've delivered here. You've given the people what we, they want. We we we, we uh, we've given everybody exactly what they wanted, uh, and if you vote for Trump, he's going to take that away. Wait 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Don't give me that okey doke. You sounded bad of breath today, sir. Uh, uh, long day golfing. Long day golfing. Uh, we're going to yeah. get to that in a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. the golfing story. Another so, uh, look, this is if you were against Obamacare from the very beginning, this is exactly what you were told you, you believed was going to happen. Back then, you were called a racist. How dare you? The only reason you're against Obamacare is because the first black president, I, I'm, I'm telling you, this was the rhetoric at the wow. time. These white people just go up against anything that this guy wants to do, and now it's all coming true. Everything, because socialism doesn't work, and this is a redistribution of, of, of wealth. And what are you doing, Jared Yamamoto? <laughs> well, part of the problem is the fact that a Democratic president named Barack Obama passed the law. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's why. And that's what he was saying was, it's racism. When he said Democratic president, that's, right. that's why he said his name. Yeah, it's funny. It's a uh, this is totally off the thing. But have you noticed that um, if you say Barack Obama's full name, it's like a talk radio trope to get in the uh-huh. idea that you, know, you say well, if you say Barack Hussein Obama, that's a bad thing. But if you won't say Hillary Rodden Clinton, that's a bad thing. Like one is Hillary. You're supposed to say her whole name because you honor the fact that she had a maiden name. But if you say the president's middle name. You're a horrible person. Give me the next outrage. All right, he's in our next outrage, too. In 2013, he went and played golf with Tiger Woods, and it cost the taxpayer almost $4 million. Now, let me step in here. I went to Snopes.com. If you don't know Snopes.com, that's where you go to find out if rumors and things that are being said are true. And they broke it down. Essentially, that's misleading. Now, uh, wherever the president goes, cost a lot of money. You have to have the military right there with you. You have to have the nuclear codes. It's basically the Oval Office flies anywhere the president goes. Now, you can ask the question, why does the president have to go places? In this particular case, he went to give a speech about one of his programs that he just talked about in the State of the Union. Then he took some vacation as part of the vacation. He golfed with Tiger Woods. They put it all together, said it cost uh, millions of dollars. So uh, probably you can debunk that a little bit. But inside that story, I believe, you can tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong. It's not this number. It's very close to it. What I found interesting was apparently the president has found time Hmm. in his nearly eight years now, and he's not done yet, for 300 rounds of golf. (laughs) It's great. Let me ask you a question. How many people in this country (laughs) have the time or the money to have played 300 rounds of golf in the last seven and a half years, or almost eight now. He got lessons, too. He so got that lessons. adds on. That adds on. But, I mean, 300 rounds of golf, and I'm assuming most of them were 18 holes. Maybe some were nine. But I, that's a lot of time. Who? How many spouses in this country would put up with their significant others playing 300 rounds of golf <laughs> if they weren't in the PGA and making their living off of it? I mean, this is where the the president comes off as such a regular person. You know what I mean? Like uh, Joe Sixpack. Uh, Joe Sixpack. I was thinking about this the other day. Why is the president still popular? He still polls at between 52 and 56 percent. And I really, this is the Von Hessler doctrine on that. I'll tell you why I think the president is still popular. Because unlike Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton or Mitt Romney even, I think that people could imagine that the president, even after eight years of being president, could jump into a, a motor a, a car with a stick shift, drop the top, 
and drive it away. <laughs> Go through the gears. Have you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. still comes off as normal. Normal as yeah. somebody who's not affected by all this. But the reality is, wait, I, I have a question. What? So that comes out to like ten, almost ten rounds a day. No, no, not no, over no, eight no, years. No, no, not over eight years. If, if, yes, over eight years. If yes. A, if a normal dude plays golf once a week, that's fifty rounds a year, right? Right. So, or fifty-two rounds a year. So that's yeah. So he has. So we have three hundred sixty-five days a year. I don't know. Break it down. Yep. If you have three hundred games, I did. <laughs> Wait a minute. If, if there's three hundred sixty-five days in one year, and he's been president for eight years, three hundred rounds of golf wouldn't be no. That's ten times a day. Three hundred of them since he's been in office. That's three hundred over eight years. It's like seventy days out of his entire time. Yeah. But and my point is, who has time for that? I mean, that's just not a normal person doesn't do that. And I, this gets me to this. I really believe. That the country and the WSB Republican base can hate me for the, even saying this. I really think that the country missed the boat with Mitt Romney. You know what? I mean, I voted for John McCain because he was a war hero, and I had already rejected the ideas that Obama was talking about before I ever heard of Obama. I honestly don't know what kind of president John McCain would have been. But although Mitt Romney may have been the whitest dude to ever run for the office, I can't imagine him on a golf course. Like, to me, Mitt Romney would have woke up every day, put on his suit and tie, walked into the Oval Office, and he wouldn't leave until everything in the inbox was in the outbox. And I really believe the country really missed something with that guy. Because as normal as, and just like you and me, as Obama is, I don't know anybody in my life who has played 300 rounds of golf over an eight-year period. The math on that, too, if he doesn't play another round for this year, it will average out to be 9.7. Every 9.7 days, he played one round of golf. See, you got it backward. Uh, Autumn, you had oh, you, you, you had the ten in there, but you were just going the wrong way with it. That's crazy. I'm just a girl, so I don't have no, any math. No, <laughs> it's not that. It's because you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's my long way around of saying the president is great at coming off as just the average Joe six bag. Right? I'm just like you, but. But he play, has played 300 rounds. You know what that is? That's joyriding with the presidency. And that's what Romney wouldn't have done. And what's the next outrage? Can I just say something real quick on that story? What outrages me is Air Force One costs $200,000 every hour it's in the yes. air. Yes. It's that's a, crazy. Well, it's, 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 it makes sense. It's yeah. You're flying the most important human being in the world, around, and they have to have access to everything that they would have in the Oval Office, basically, everywhere that they go. I I think presidents should travel much less. The presidency has become a nonstop campaign. Nonstop tour, You give a State of the Union speech, you tell me what you want to do, the next day, go to work. Send your people to Capitol Hill. Start making deals. Make things happen. Don't go and uh, do a tour at $200,000 an hour to tell people what you just told them in the State of the Union. I want the president to work at the White House 350 out of 365 days a year. I think you've changed your stance. I think you're starting to agree with Sheryl Crow now about the the shorter election cycle right there. If that were the case, yeah, I think so. You just said he needs to go do his job instead of campaign. No, what I mean is he's not, I don't mean campaigning for office. I mean campaigning for your ideas. You already won. Now go there and just start working on passing the things you want to pass. The tours never stop. And they're always, you know, I understand you want to go visit a foreign land every once in a while and make sure they know that we're friends still and all that. But why do you got to travel to Colorado? 
You know, you're only going to be president for four years. You know why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. That's one thing you and I do agree on. I don't want to break the law. So <laughs> one thing you and I do agree upon. Next outrage, please. All right. This is about outrageous canoes. Canoes reek of genocide, theft, and white privilege, Professor claims. Oh, this is uh, Mi Saldin. She's a professor of English at the University of Victoria. The canoe can be a symbol of colonialism, imperialism, and genocide due to the history, she well, says. Well, you know, at what point, you know, the, anything that was on the planet or that was being used at the time by the oppressors could do that, right? I mean, I, you know, I said this a long time ago, and it came true with Colin Kaepernick. When uh, the Confederate flag came down in South Carolina and the whole thing became all Confederate flags are going to come down, I'm not against that, but I said then that uh, it wouldn't be long before these same people whose appetites are never satiated will we'll, we'll realize that before the Confederate flag flew over slavery, the American flag flew over slavery, and eventually the American flag itself would become controversial. Uh-huh. And with Colin Kaepernick this year in the NFL and everything that's going on, it just proves yet again, I know what the hell I'm talking about. We have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them. Welcome back. My producer, Jared Yamamoto, who is a complete hack, is playing that Halloween music from Halloween (laughs) because he wants me to mention the fact that it's Halloween tomorrow, and he wants you to enjoy your Halloween. I had so much fun this weekend, and I I, I can't believe you don't think Halloween's an adult holiday. I'm going to keep on doing it until I'm old. I wish children to have a great Halloween and a safe Halloween. I don't trust adults who dress up for Halloween. To me, it's a kid's thing. And when when adults put on masks and pretend they're somebody else, and then they get drunk, and they got the alcohol in their breath. That's right, cow ballot. They got the alcohol in the breath. By the end of the night, the grease paint is running. They stink. I do not like to be around adults on Halloween. But if you're a child, be safe. Have a great Halloween, and uh, this is what, you know, be careful. X-ray, right? Autumn, X-ray your, X-ray your kid's candy to find out there's marijuana That's in there. That's right. Don't yeah. ever give anything to your ki- your kids uh, before you've taken a bite out of it or you do an X-ray or a CAT scan. Basically ruin Halloween for your children if you can. Uh, before we go, we got, we got a lot of time here. I wanted to mention very quickly this other thing that happened this week between Megyn Kelly and Newt Gingrich. So they were uh, she brought up the Billy Bush tapes, and, uh, and then he went off. Go ahead. You are fascinated with sex, and you don't care about public policy. Me? Now that's really? what I get out of watching you tonight. You know what? Mr. Speaker, I'm not fascinated by sex, but I am fascinated by the protection of women. We're going to have to leave it at that, and you can take your anger issues and spend some time working on them, Mr. Speaker. I just just thought that was worth bringing up. And by the way, Newt Gingrich, have you noticed this? He's gotten very orange. He's hanging around with Donald Trump, and somewhere in there, (laughs) Trump said, you know, you ought to go for the spray tan. Go to my spray guys, great. (laughs) And uh, also, we got to hurry up and get out of here. Paul Stanley from KISS. Yes. My favorite band, right? Yeah, you Are, love Kiss. Do we love you? Kiss? We love Kiss. We love Kiss. We love Donald Trump. We love everything. He's going to, Paul Stanley every week tells us what we learned on today's show very quickly. Okay, real quick. President Barack Hussein Obama <laughs> plays lots and lots of golf. Canoes are racist. Red Bull and vodka will give you a heart attack like cocaine. And Sheryl Crow wants the government to shorten the time it takes to elect the president. She's stupid. There it is in the thumbnail. Thank you, Paul Stanley. Hey, you know what? We do this show every Sunday from noon until 3, usually, sometimes just two hours like today, but usually from noon to 3. Also, you want to download the WSB radio app. Why? Because you're smart. 
Not only do you get the radio station and everything else in there, you also get three podcasts per week that me and my doctrinaires do that's only available on the WSB Radio app. This show becomes a podcast and becomes available, and there's a whole archive there. So don't be silly. Download that WSB Radio app. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again on the next episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. But until then, get off my lawn! News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.